Real quick, I just wanted to say that I am kind of sick on this episode, so if I sound a little different and nasally and I'm sniffing and coughing throughout the episode, I apologize in advance. Thanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Let's just jump right in to a few movies that I watched this past week. We're going to start off with an oldie. Um, I actually watched... 13 Ghosts um, was a movie that came out in 2001. One of my friends recommended that I watch this movie because he said he really liked it. And as a horror movie fan, he wanted to know what I thought of it. So I said, sure, I'd never seen it. Let's give it a go. Um, It stars uh, Matthew Lillard as kind of the, the secondary main character. And then Tony... Shaloub, I think is his name. Um, I think the only thing that I recognize him from is, uh, pretty sure he was in Spy Kids. Um, and he was also in Monk. It's the only thing I can even think of. And I never even saw Monk, but I'm pretty sure I saw a few trailers for the TV show. That's what I, it's the only thing I know him from. But anyways, it was, uh, it was all right. It was kind of a strange movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into spoilers with this one because it's an old movie. If you haven't seen it, you can either skip ahead or click off if you're really concerned about spoilers for this movie, but you shouldn't be. It was alright. It was alright. It was a very, very it felt like a very early two thousands horror movie. Um I don't know, kinda of had just like that that two th- early two thousands feel um kind of kind of cheesy corny dialogue um kind of janky cuts and edits and i don't know performances were all right i really like matthew lillard just because growing up he he was shaggy to me in the live action scooby-doo and then uh he also was in without a paddle which was a movie i absolutely loved growing up and so yeah, I I I liked him and also Scream. It's also on Scream. So it was it was okay. If I had to give it a rating, it's probably a uh, probably like a four four out of ten, just as far as enjoyment combined with how good of a movie it actually was. Um, I don't know it. Like I said, dialogue and stuff was pretty cheesy. <clears throat> the concept was really cool. Um, I can try and read a description of the movie. So this is the description. It is... A family that inherits a spectacular old house from an eccentric uncle. There's just one problem. The house seems to have a dangerous agenda all on its own. Trapped in their new home by strangely shifting walls, the family encounters powerful and vengeful entities that threaten to annihilate everyone in their path. Apparently this was a remake of like a 1960 movie with the same same name. And I don't think that movie did very well either, as ratings ratings wise. I'd never seen that, so I have no clue. Um, it, again, it was a cool concept. What it reminded me a lot of, if you've seen it, is uh, Cabin in the Woods. Um, I really enjoyed Cabin in the Woods. That was a movie I think came out in like 2014. 
It's a very non-serious movie, but it's also not just a straight comedy. Um, it's almost kind of like a parody of the horror genre that leans a little bit more to the comedy, but also gives you the the kind of slasher feel to the to the movie. So you get that slasher part of the horror movie, but you also get some some comedy to it. And that's what this kind of felt like. Um maybe a little bit to its detriment. Um it had some comedy in there, but I think it took itself maybe a little too seriously. I think it needed to either lean hard one way or the other. Um Again, the concept kind of reminded me of Cabin in the Woods because it was like kind of like a staged haunted house. You know, like the ghosts, the ghosts in this movie were actually real, like in the movie uh, universe versus Cabin in the Woods, where it's like a almost like satanic government being in control of all of the haunting and like the horrific stuff that happens. They're in kind of control of that stuff. So. The kind of manipulation behind the scenes is what kind of reminded me of Cabin in the Woods, and I think Cabin in the Woods did a lot better than this movie. Um, I think it kind of perfected that, what they were kind of going for in this movie, but it was all right. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about this movie. I, I enjoyed it. I Would I ever watch it again? Maybe. Um Maybe it's just a background movie or if it's coming up around Halloween time and I was just doing stuff, sitting on the, you know, sitting on my phone or just hanging out with people and you just wanted to throw a movie on the background that was like horror-esque, you could go for it. Um, all the ghosts were really cool. Again, I maybe if you did this in modern times, you kind of took the Cabin in the Woods approach. Um Maybe just directed it and acted a little better. And special effects were a little better than I think you could have nailed it. Though the practical effects in this movie were actually pretty decent. I'm happy that they went mostly with practical effects. The The shifting house that it was talking about. It's got a house with all clear walls. And it's constantly shifting. And like they have ghosts trapped in the basement behind these like clear cages. You wore these goggles and those goggles allowed you to see the ghosts. And clear walls were so that you can see, you know, see the ghosts if they were, if they escaped their cages or whatever. But it was cool. And again, the concept was cool, but um, execution was, eh. <clears throat> I don't know. It was all right. Um, a little sick. So if I cough or sniff or my voice sounds a little goofy, that's why. Um, we're going to move on to the the next movie that I really was really was excited for. Um, distributed by A24, which, if you guys don't know, is one of my favorite like movie studios. Because I feel like they, they do a lot of really original stories. Sometimes really weird. You know, it's kind of very much an art house studio for sure. And a lot of the horror movies that come out of A24 are some of my favorite. Um, I really enjoy those, like The Witch and um, The Lighthouse. And I want to say both of Ari Aster's movies, uh, Midsommar and Hereditary, I believe those were A24 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
And I, I love all four of those movies. Robert Eggers did The Lighthouse and The Witch. And I think they're both very talented directors. But anyways, the movie is titled Lamb. And I thought it was kind of funny because now we kind of have the trifecta from A24. We have a <clears throat> movie titled Lamb. We have a movie titled First Cow. And we have a movie titled Pig. And they're all kind of like completely different genres, but just like farm animals made me laugh. I was like, next up, they just got to have like a chicken movie and we're maybe like a horse movie. And then we're, we're set to go. Um, this movie was... I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I kind of was. So I am all for being unique, being artsy, really leaning into the weirdness, you know. Um, this movie was considered a horror fantasy movie, so I was excited, again, because it was coming out of A24. Um, it is a Icelandic-spoken um, language in this in this movie, so it's subtitled, obviously. And it um, was directed by Valdemar Johannesson. I might have pronounced that wrong. I apologize. I believe he's from Iceland, so I might not have nailed that pronunciation. And I have no idea if, like, what else they have directed. I don't believe I've seen anything that they've directed other than this movie. And it starred uh, Numi Rapace. She was in, she was kind of the lead, I believe, in Prometheus. Um, she was one of the elven leaders or ladies in Bright, uh, the Netflix show starring Will Smith and uh, I believe Joel Edgerton. But <clears throat> she's done a few other things, and I really like her as an actress. So again, I was I was excited. I was like, fantasy horror with a movie called Lamb. You know, where where do you go with this? Um, I'm going to get a little bit into spoiler territory with this movie. Um, there's not a ton to spoil, I guess. I mean, there's some twists and stuff, but the, the main twist is shown in one of the trailers. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a twist. They wanted you to see that to maybe make you intrigued to go watch the movie. But essentially it is, um... Let me just go ahead and read the description. In rural Iceland, a childless couple discovers a strange and unnatural newborn in their sheep barn. They decide to raise her as their own, but sinister forces are determined to return the creature to the wilderness that birthed her. <clears throat> Interesting sounding concept, but... I would say that last part with like the sinister forces and all that stuff. Yes, it's true, but it, they definitely were trying to do some wordplay there to try and keep you intrigued. So again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to spoil, but you know, if you really want to watch this movie and not want to know what happens, I would skip ahead because I'm probably gonna touch a little bit on spoilers a little bit. So Essentially what happens, the, the unnatural newborn is literally a little sheep person hybrid. 
I had no idea because I had not seen any trailers on this movie. I had no idea what it was even about. I literally saw the poster, the actress, and that it was an A24 horror movie. And I was like, yeah. So, yeah, these these sheep farmers, they one of their sheep are having like a weird, they're acting all weird. They don't know what to do. And they're, they had a couple sheep that were pregnant. So, you know, they're birthing the the lambs and then one of them they pull out and they're just like shocked they're like what what is it so you're sitting there wondering you're like why are they so shocked by this little lamb you know that they birthed and it goes on for about 20 minutes that you know they for whatever reason they took this specific specific lamb you know in they took it in and started like raising it like into their house like they were cuddling at night put it in like a baby crib you're like why do they care so much about this specific lamb and then it's revealed when um you know they left the door open when they were farming i believe and the the kid got out and so they they lost the little kid and so they finally found the little kid and it's revealed that the kid is a lamb human hybrid Essentially had a human body, one sheep arm, and a sheep head. And it, <laughs> it was a little jarring. Um, I'm not going to lie and act like I didn't chuckle a little bit. Um, it just kind of made me laugh. Again, I wasn't expecting it because I didn't have any idea what this movie was about. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Why is this a lamb person? I was like, I mean, I guess I understand why that's... Uh, you know why they wanted to kind of raise it, but what the fuck? So then your one of your first initial questions is, how is it half human? You know they're out by themselves out in the country in the mountains of Iceland. There's only two of them, a wife and a husband. You're like, please don't tell me the husband did something nasty with one of the sheep. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like. How did it have a half human, you know? So you're sitting there wondering that kind of, but they don't really ask questions. They just are like, okay, we're raising this as a, as our child. And then, uh, they kind of pan over to a couple different like graves, um, like throughout, like halfway through out kind of in the hills. And one of them had the same name as the little kid, which was Ada, or yeah, Ada, A-D-A, I think it was Ada. Um, and one of the graves was titled that. And from my, what I was grasping is, I think they've tried to have a couple children, the the wife and the husband, and had some unfortunate circumstances of losing the child, maybe during childbirth or something like that and you know they finally were like oh we finally have a child we can raise you know um which was i appreciated that i was like oh that's kind of that's kind of nice um it was it was weird because it was a little lamb person but i was like oh okay it's kind of sad you know they were like well if this is our only choice but uh the the husband's brother comes and he's kind of staying with them for a little bit and he's not very fond of this. He doesn't look super shocked. 
like when he sees the little lamb child and so he's just like okay and then you know when he's away from the child he's like what the fuck is that you know like what happened um, but that that guy learned to really like the little lamb child and so that was kind of sweet too um again we're we're almost three quarters of the way through the movie and i'm like what is going on you know there's a lot of scenes that that don't show anything there's just ominous music and like you know a dark doorway and it's just like Ooh. so you're like oh is it you know a, like a monster like what where are we getting to you know i was like because the the movie has literally just been them raising this little lamb child then all right i'm just gonna go into heavy spoilers now this is where like the twist comes in so here's your spoiler warning so when the shit starts to go down is the little lamb human, Ada, runs outside and sees, sees a bunch of sheep in the barn and kind of gets freaked out. And the dog is barking inside the barn. So you're like, what's going on in the barn? And so Ada is just staring into the barn and you just see out of the... Like reflection I believe of like the Ada's eyes and it just looked like this giant creature standing there and Ada just looked really shocked it was like whoa you know like what is that and so you're sitting there wondering like what is that you're like is that Satan you know like I don't like I did again we don't know what we're going for in this movie again with like lambs and like goats you know there's like sacrificial lambs and stuff so I was like are they going for like the satanic route I don't know um so that was my thought I thought it was literally like Satan like the spawn of Satan I didn't really know and so um they had a kind of uh altercation with the brother the brother has to leave and so the wife takes the brother down to like the bus and the dad is like recovering from like a hangover from like a party that they had and so he wakes up <coughs> and the wife and the brother are gone so he's kind of confused and he's just like all right Ada, you know let's let's go uh fix the tractor i think because one of the tractors broke down and goes out there and the wife comes back and the husband and Ada are gone so then she's kind of worried so then there's kind of this little gap where you're like oh no she should have probably told her husband that she was leaving because he didn't know but he assumed that she was just out doing something and so when she comes back she doesn't know that he went to do something because he couldn't tell her so you're like oh no like she doesn't know where her husband and kid is and he doesn't know where her and his brother is and so they go out to the hills she's kind of looking for him and all of a sudden you hear a gunshot you're like holy shit you're like did the dad just shoot Ada, or did Ada just shoot the dad like what did Ada see like maybe he saw something and shot the dad and the wife runs to the gunshot and you see the you see the dad the husband holding his throat and Ada's just standing there in shock like sad you're like oh my god what the fuck is going on did he shoot himself and then the big reveal is a giant, like, ram person. Like it was a, I don't know. I it looked like a like a mountain goat or a mountain sheep, um, like a ram, and uh, but it was like massive, standing on two feet, had like 
human arms almost kind of look like a, a minotaur almost like just this massive creature and that was what shot the husband it was literally this ram monster human hybrid thing that shot the husband because apparently the ram human creature is what fucked the sheep and made the little human lamb baby and that was that was pretty much the end you're like oh so this whole time you know that little that ram person was kind of hunting for the little lamb baby and was trying to find it because it was his child apparently and so he killed the husband to get the get the child and the wife never saw the ram person she by the time she got to her husband the the ram creature and otta were were gone they had walked out into the, into the hills and were just gone and so she's just left there crying over her husband without her child and she's just there alone and that's the end i don't know it was it was bizarre it was weird um again i'm i'm all for weird movies uh Lighthouse is one of the fucking weirdest movies that I can think of that I absolutely fucking loved. Like, it's hard for me to recommend that movie to somebody outside of just watching great performances from Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, but this movie was almost... I don't want to say too weird, but... I don't know. Marketing it as a horror fantasy movie maybe fucked with me a little bit. Um, I guess the fantasy element is the, the Ram hybrid and the lamb hybrid, like hybrid child, I guess. I mean, technically, yeah, that's fantasy, but I didn't expect that to be why it's a fantasy movie, I guess. And then the horror being like the two, the two gruesome scenes that are in this movie that you kind of see which is the one at the end and then well, i guess there's three one at the end one where the mom kills the mother sheep because the mother sheep won't leave their house alone because she wants her baby and another one where the dog just gets absolutely fucked like not actually fucked but killed by that ram creature those were the only three scenes that were <coughs> that i can think of that would be like horror i don't know it was unsettling, but it almost seemed like it was trying too hard to be weird and like artsy fartsy. You know, again, I I like really artsy movies. I'm I'm I, I love a movie if it's slow the whole time, if it's got a great story and great characters and great dialogue. You know, if it's if it's done well, I don't care if it's super slow for two and a half hours. I don't give a shit i i appreciate that kind of filmmaking too i understand that's not for everybody but the witch very much like that super slow but i it just didn't really feel like a, a horror movie to me it almost just kind of seemed like a, a weird family drama of sorts because you really just focused on the the husband the wife and the child that they were raising the whole time, pretty much like 
I don't know, all the all the unsettlingness that they were going for. Like, you didn't get any sort of hints, which I get it. They're not trying to give it away, but you didn't get any sort of hints, and you, it just was like, hey, you should feel disturbed right now. And you're like, why? And you're like, there's no reason that this image is even disturbing. We're just, we get unsettling music staring into a, you know, it's just showing a bunch of sheep in a sheep barn, and it's got, like, ominous music. Like, it seemed like it was just trying to make you feel unsettled, even though you're like, well, I, I don't need to. Like, what should I be unsettled about, about just looking at sheep, you know? So that's just, I don't know. It, it, was, a little, it was a little almost too slow for me. Like, maybe, maybe my expectations were different, just because I've seen a lot of really good ones and ones that I really liked. And that's not to say this movie isn't good and that it wasn't made well wasn't shot well you know they definitely put a lot of hard work into it the performances were really good um numi did fantastic job i love her as an actress and the husband and the brother they did really well the special effects honestly on the the little lamb child i don't think they were practical obviously i don't think it was literally a child wearing like a lamb head mask or anything it looked like they were kind of two separate pieces that they kind of mashed together <clears throat> but it looked really good like it didn't look cheesy it didn't look super cgi or anything it looked it looked good it was just really jarring to see but the movie itself just wasn't i just feel like i didn't get much out of it i guess which was just kind of unfortunate um I just didn't feel like a lot happened. Um, and that's okay. You know, maybe this movie's just not for me. Um, clearly, a decent amount of people like this movie. Um, not that I hold Rotten Tomatoes to any high standard, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 83%. Um, and fans, which I was actually shocked about, gave it like a 60. Yeah, they gave it a 62%, which I was like, oh, wow. Most of the cases with these really artsy movies that are like this that are a super slow burn and there's no jump scares or anything honestly most movies by a24 critics usually really like and audiences don't really like because it's they're not really made i shouldn't say that but i they're not necessarily made for the mainstream audience you know if if you're going to a horror movie just for scary imagery and jump scares and stuff you're not going to get much out of this. It's a very art house horror movie, but <clears throat> again, it just, it didn't feel much like a horror movie to me, which maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it. Cause my expectations were set to a different standard. Um, it looked super beautiful. Um, I believe it actually was shot in Iceland, which Iceland is fucking gorgeous just based on that movie. So it looked good. Everything about this movie was done well. Um, it's not even that the storyline was bad or anything. It just, I didn't, I'm not, I just wasn't super interested in it, I guess. Maybe that's what I should say. So, yeah, I don't know. If you want to give it a shot, um, again, it's um, the, it's in Icelandic, the movie is. That's what language they speak in the movie. And... If you just want to sit down for a slow movie, you want to see some pretty imagery, good performances and stuff, um, you know, give it a go. I mean, 
definitely support it, you know, as a, a smaller project. It was seemed like the budget was fairly low. Not like that it seemed like a cheap movie, but looked like they didn't have to spend a whole lot on this movie and very independent movie um, that they seem to be going for. Probably mostly like a passion project of some sort. And I almost wonder if it's maybe based off of like a, a folk tale of some sort, you know, about like a lamb child of some sort. And if that's the case, cool. You know, um, maybe it was something that the director really would just wanted to bring to life, you know, and I appreciate that. And the more I think about this movie, um, the more I do appreciate it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I like the movie or enjoyed it more, you know, it's okay for me not to like this movie. I hope other people like this movie. I really do. Um, I think it was done well. And people seem to like it, you know, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And that's good. I I hope that they continue to make things like this. You know, don't, don't be afraid to do an original, unique thing. Just go for it. If you have a weird idea, fuck it. Go for it. Let's see it. Not everything works in live action, but why not? Why not just give it a go? So, I don't know. If I had to give it a rating, I'd give it probably a 6. 6 out of 10 as far as my enjoyment kind of mashed up with the quality of the movie. You know, if I had to separate the two, the quality of the movie was very good. Um, it was like probably at least an 8, 8.5 as far as just the quality goes, but as far as my enjoyment, that was pretty low. I I could probably see myself maybe it's not fair for me to say that I wouldn't ever watch it again in my life, but I have no interest in watching it again. That gives tells you anything about how I kind of feel about it. It was all right. But I appreciate the film itself. So, thank you for, you know, making the movie. It just wasn't my cup of tea and that is okay. All right, so that is enough of me talking about Lamb. Um, now let's get into the nitty-gritty. The last movie that I saw this past week that I've been very, very excited for is Dune. I saw Dune. I saw it um, on HBO Max the day that it started streaming, which was... Thursday? Yeah, I think Thursday. And I also went and watched it a few days later in the theaters. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to watch it in IMAX because I screwed up as far as when I was trying to go to the theater. I didn't buy the ticket ahead of time. By the time I got there, there was a huge line because it was Saturday in the middle of the day. And I was already running late, and I had to go to the bathroom, and came out. Again, I was already late, and so I was like, maybe I'll just order the ticket online. Um, I didn't want to spend the extra money on the convenience fee because I was being cheap, and I also had some rewards that I wanted to use, but the line was so long. And so I was like, fuck it. I'll just buy it on the app. I'll suck it up. I'll pay the extra few bucks to get it on the app. It's fine. And it was past the 3 o'clock showtime, so apparently I couldn't buy it online anymore. So I was like, well, 
I guess I'm not watching it in IMAX. So I drove to the next theater in our town and it was showing a half hour later. So I was at 3.30 and went and watched it there. And I really want to go see it in IMAX because by God, the visuals and the fucking soundtrack in this goddamn movie are so incredible it needs to be seen in the theaters i know you guys all have a really nice tv at home you might have a nice surround sound system like i do but god damn it you need the full theater experience there's something incredible about the way this movie looks and sounds it is insane um denis villeneuve the the director of this movie i I love all of his movies. Uh, he directed Blade Runner 2049, which, in my opinion, is the coolest and greatest looking movie that I have ever seen. Fucking incredible looking. And credit to Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, for sure. Him and Denis just knocked that shit out of the park. He also directed Arrival, which, again, soundtrack, visuals, fucking incredible. I don't know. It's <clears throat> it was really, really, really good. I really liked it. Um, of course, because I saw it twice, and I'm going to go watch it a third time. I actually already i I did it ahead of time. The Sunday on Halloween at about I think midday, like two o'clock. I'm going to the IMAX theater. I got. <clears throat> Pretty close to the, pretty close to the screen. I'm in the middle. I'm, I got a perfect spot reserved. I'm going. I'm gonna go watch it because I, I want to experience that before it gets out of IMAX and never comes back. And so about about the movie, about the movie, the cast was huge. Was absolutely huge. Um, Timothy Chalamet played the lead character. We got Oscar Isaac, we got Josh Brolin, we got Zendaya, we got Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård. It was a, a loaded, loaded, loaded cast. And more actors in there too. I probably missed a few. But me not knowing anything about Dune... The world of Dune, the book, the old movie, the old TV series. I'd never seen any of that. Never read anything about it. I had no clue what this was even about. All I knew that it was a sci-fi movie of sorts. That's all I knew. And I was like, well, if it's a sci-fi movie and they got Denis Villeneuve directing that shit. And, you know, this cast is obviously incredible. Let's go for it. Let's just see what this shit's about. Let's see what the hype is about. You know, Dune, from what I understand, the book is considered to be one of the most popular sci-fi novels of all time. Very divisive, I might add, if I remember right. I feel like you either love the world of Dune, or <clears throat> it seemed like it was trying too hard to be the epitome of sci-fi. That's what I understood. But the... Just the world that they built in this movie just felt so 
unique and real and massive. Just the way it was captured, the way it was written. I don't know. They they did such a good job with so much of this movie. Um, I knew what to expect as far as kind of the pacing um, and the direction style to kind of expect because <clears throat> I'm very familiar with uh, Denis' work. If you've seen Arrival or if you've seen Blade Runner 2049 and <clears throat> you felt it was a little slow, this movie is very much the same. Um, again, I'm all for slow movies if you can execute everything else to where it doesn't feel like it's just dragging. You know, slow doesn't mean bad for me. It can still be absolutely immersive and interesting and be slow. It doesn't have to be flashy images and action and, you know, just intense shit the whole time. Like, it can be... It can be slow and dramatic and intimate, you know? And that's what this movie was. Um, it felt familiar to Blade Runner 2049 in the best ways possible. Again, the the visuals. He's got a way of directing massive scale things and making them just look so grounded and realistic as if that's exactly what they would look like if they actually existed. You know, ships and buildings and <clears throat> monsters and... I shouldn't say monsters, but like creatures. And the way that they just put everything together just seems so real. You know, this this universe doesn't have... As far as I know, it doesn't have really technology. You know, it takes place way in the future where technology is pretty much gone... Um, and Spice is, like, the, the resource in, in this universe. Um, it, super vital to, like, health and, um, so many benefits to, like, keeping yourself healthy and alive and stuff. And then it also is, like, the key ingredient to space travel. Um, so it's... You know, you could understand how there's like a war and stuff to, you know, see who owns the lands of, of the spice. And I'm not <clears throat> not going to go into spoilers on this. I'm just going to kind of overview it. It's essentially Game of Thrones as far as kind of the, the different factions and um, cultures and stuff. But mixed with kind of like Mad Max. <clears throat> I shouldn't say Mad Max because Mad Max is very high intensity, but the atmosphere and the environment felt very Mad Maxy, and the kind of plot kind of felt Mad Maxy, where they were, you know, they're all kind of after, after this resource. Everybody's after the same resource, but they're trying to figure out who's going to control it, you know? Um, and then the Game of Thrones is kind of the the different levels of power and the different factions and stuff. That's kind of how it felt to me, <clears throat> but man, it was, it was damn good. And apparently, so it's, it is part one, Dune part one. Um, and there's another part to this story. And apparently they didn't 
100% sure say if they were going to make part two. They said, let's make part one, see how it does, see if people like it, and if they do, we'll make part two. And I was really worried because I wasn't sure, you know, in this day and age with COVID and, you know, streaming and stuff, especially with it going to HBO Max and you being able to watch it for free if you have the uh, subscription. I was a little worried as far as box office goes and because this movie felt expensive. God damn, it's... It was a very big budget movie, but also felt very art house. And that's what Denis Villeneuve does really well. And I think that's where he's a little divisive on the mainstream platform <clears throat> is going into the, the slow burn and the artiness of how he directs is kind of what turns the mainstream audience off, I feel like. But having that big budget kind of keeps him in. And that cast and the writing and the dialogue, I think, kind of keeps them in. And it looks like it did good enough. Um, I think I just read an article today saying that they have officially greenlit part two, which is phenomenal. Thank you, everybody, for <laughs> supporting the movie and going and watching it and giving it enough praise and money to get a get a second part so we can actually finish the story because it's an unfinished story um i feel like i can almost kind of relate it to halloween kills just because that's the most recent thing that i've seen as far as being a part of a franchise <clears throat> it kind of it i'm not going to say it felt like a it's not a filler movie it's not but it is the the first part of a the first part of a story. So it is an incomplete story. So when the movie ends, you know that there is more story that we we are going to see. And as far as I know, the second part of this story is going to get a lot more intense. the The first part of the story seems to be a lot of build up and background and establishing these characters and the different cultures and kind of where the levels of power sit. And by the end of this movie, you're like, oh shit, okay. I really want to see where this goes. And apparently we're getting it. In 2023, I think is when they said it's coming out. So two years away, not even a year. I guess it just depends on when it comes out. Two years-ish. But it was it was damn good. It got rated really well, which I'm very excited about. Um, again, I don't like to hold Rotten Tomatoes to any sort of standard, but I don't feel like there's any good critic site. Um, what I always like to do is I go on Rotten Tomatoes and <clears throat> try and balance the, the critic score and the audience score, and that's kind of how I gather the rating. And this movie did well. It scored in the 80s from critics, and it scored in the 90s from audience. And so that was wonderful. Because that means this franchise, again, if it does well with Part 2, if they plan on finishing the story in Part 2, um, I could see it keep going, you know? And I would love it to. I've, I am now interested in experiencing the dune universe um i had no interest in reading the dune book at all and now i'm contemplating going and reading it uh, i don't know i 
it's a very interesting universe and i definitely this was kind of interesting as well is it it was super weird because throughout the movie i i got star wars vibes um not just from the words that they were using you know emperor and you know there being spaceships and i shouldn't say spaceships but you know large ships um and just some of the verbiage that they used um you know the council and stuff it <clears throat> i was like i feel like this inspired star wars a lot and for the best reasons it didn't feel like any sort of rip off or anything but it was just kind of funny because we're just now getting this big large dune movie that a lot of people are going to see um and star wars has been around for you know 50 years movies wise and i believe the dune book came out before star wars ever existed and so i think star wars definitely pulled a lot of inspiration from dune which totally understandable with it being such a reputable sci-fi novel especially of its time it was just interesting because we got the dune book that not you know movie audiences definitely i i think seem to experience a lot more content than you know book readers um just depends but what I'm trying to get at is I don't think as many people read the book back in the day than people may watch Star Wars, like the Star Wars movies, you know, um, because there's just not a lot of Dune content out there. Star Wars is, again, it's been around for 50 years continuously, and we really haven't gotten much from Dune over the last 50 years. But it it was just interesting because even though Dune, I think, came out first in the book, you could definitely see now in this Dune movie being an adaptation from the book, you could see the similarities and kind of the things that they, I think, pulled into the Star Wars universe. And it was just cool. It was interesting. And it made Star Wars great, 100%. And Dune can do it too on its own. But it was just, it was kind of cool to see that because you're like, yeah, I could definitely see how that would be. An inspiration to Star Wars for sure, <clears throat> but that's that's all I really want to say on Dune. Um, I loved it. I know a few people that didn't love it. Again, it's I'm not going to act like I'm some, you know, better. I'm not a better movie watcher than people because I enjoy these kind of movies and these slow movies and. You know, I like the little intricate things about filmmaking, you know, directors and the cinematography and the score. It's very important to me when I watch a movie that, you know, I I like those things. But I would say there's there's like the the critic, there's the mainstream audience, and then I'm probably like right, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards the critic side, I guess you could say. Because I definitely, I like to see the the art of the film. But I'm also very much a mainstream movie fan. I'm not a critic. I'm not going to sit here and pick apart a movie and, I don't know. I mean, I am, but not to that extent, I guess. I'm, I can still appreciate a movie and still, like, Lamb, when I was talking about Lamb, 
even though I didn't really enjoy it, I wouldn't rate it a bad movie overall. You know, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie because I didn't enjoy it. I think it's definitely a movie for a lot of audiences, but not maybe not me. It's not my cup of tea. And I could see maybe how this wouldn't necessarily be everybody's cup of tea. The same way Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival, I could see not being everybody's cup of tea. Um, you know, a lot of people like to just watch movies as kind of an escape, um, just solely for entertainment. Um, you know, they don't all necessarily want to be, they don't want to sit there for two and a half hours seeing a, a slow very dramatic and intense kind of mentally and emotionally exhausting movie, you know, after like a long day's work, you know, you're like, I just I want to sit here and enjoy a movie and, you know, see some cool action sequences. I want to see some cool shit blow up. You know, that's why action movies and, you know, directors like Michael Bay are, are needed in the movie, like in cinema, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Michael Bay, he does well. And people, there's a lot of people that like his movies. He doesn't necessarily make movies for, like, maybe he does. I'm not going to act like I fucking know, but he doesn't take the the art direction from it. You know, he's like, how can we make this really just cool and entertaining rather than being like, okay, this is my passion project. You know, I'm really we got to get this and here and here and here. He, he seems to be a little bit more focused on, I don't know, just a different audience, you know, catering to a different audience. Totally fine. That's totally fine. I'm not going to shit on Michael Bay for that. But my, my preference is not Michael Bay. You know, it's Denis Villeneuve. It's these kind of directors that make these kind of movies. But like folks like my brother, I could I could see him watching this movie and being bored. And I would understand his boredom because these type of movies aren't his type of movies. You know, he he wants to see he wants to be excited. He wants to see things blow up. He wants to watch Transformers and see all that cool shit. And that's okay too. But it's a I feel like this is kind of a probably will divide the audiences a little bit. It it has the mainstream aspects to it, you know, with some of the action that it gets, um, and the cast, you know, they all do such a good job. Um, there's some really cool shit in this movie, but I don't think there's enough of all of that. I think there's a lot more, um, <clears throat> I don't know even how to explain it. A lot more going on behind the scenes. And, you know, it's a, it's a challenging film. You have, it makes you think, you know, there's a lot of exposition, you know, you have to, you have to think throughout the movie. And again, not a lot of people like to do that. A lot of people like to just sit down, relax and close off their brains for a minute. And that's totally fine. But if that's what you were sitting down to do when you watch this movie, you'll probably fall asleep. It is it is slow, and to me, not to its detriment, but to a decent amount of people that I've that I know that have watched it, it seems they think it's slow and boring, and not a lot happened. <clears throat> and I hope they I hope they come around to part two because it seems like the action that they're looking for is going to pick up for sure. So I don't know. All around, I fucking love this movie. 
Uh, if I had to give it a rating, it might just be recency bias, but I want to give it <clears throat> a 90 or 90, uh, nine, nine and a half, at least a nine, at least a nine. I, I actually enjoyed this more than Blade Runner 2049, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but I think Blade Runner even more so was a little bit more slow. You know, it didn't have as many mainstream, I guess kind of, it didn't have the entertainment value <clears throat> as much as this movie did. This movie had action sequences and large creatures and, you know, crazy shit going on. Blade Runner did as well, but not as much. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd almost give this a nine and a half. I'm not going to give it a ten. It wasn't a perfect movie. And not that I have anything against this movie at all. I think it was done absolutely as well as it could have been, especially with it in its two and a half hour time frame. But... I'm not going to call it the perfect movie. I I don't even know if I can think of off the top of my head very many movies I would give a 10. Right off the top of my head, maybe The Shining. That's the only thing I can think of right off the top of my head that I'd give a 10. But yeah, this movie holds up 100%. It looks phenomenal. Soundtrack's incredible. Um, by Hans Zimmer. He's the one who did the soundtrack on this movie. <clears throat> it's... It's good. Give it a go. I If you're a mainstream fan, uh, a mainstream movie watcher, you know, you just... I would say mainstream... The way that I would describe it is mainstream movie watchers, they, they go... They seek the entertainment value from the movie. Then there's the, the critics that only want artsy-fartsy in the movie, like... I don't want any action sequences. I want only drama, only intensity. You know, I want to only feel almost like sad and upset. I, won't, I don't know. And then there's kind of the middle ground like me where I'm like, I love getting the entertainment out of it, but I also love the, the drama and the intensity. And I want to feel emotions as I'm going through the movie. I want to, I want to feel something like that's what I'm looking for Out, outside of just excitement. I want to feel sad and mad and happy and I want to immerse myself with these characters. So this movie's made for everybody. I think, um, that doesn't mean everybody's going to enjoy it, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's made Yeah, it's made for everybody. I'd say no matter who you are, give this a go. Not everybody's going to enjoy it, but there's I don't think there's a specific audience that it goes to. I think that's what I was trying to get at is it it does a lot of both. You get the artsy from this movie and you get the entertainment from this movie. A lot of both and it does great. Um all right, moving on. Holy cow, that was about 25 minutes of me talking strictly about Dune, so I apologize. That probably dragged out as much as some people think Dune did. That was stupid. <laughs> but I'm going to leave that in there. Um, I kind of talked about this last week. Uh, the couple movies coming out. Um, there's another horror movie coming out uh, called Antlers. I talked about it last week, and I think it's actually coming out tomorrow. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to 
<clears throat> watch it um, within the next few days. I think I'll definitely have it watched by next week, so I definitely will talk about it next week um, if I get some time to actually watch it. It's directed by Scott Cooper. He directed Out of the Furnace with Christian Bale, Hostels, um, Black Mass with Johnny Depp, which um, story of Whitey Bulger. I, I fucking love that movie. Hostels, that movie's really slow on to its detriment. Again, that that movie is almost too slow and not a lot really goes on that keeps me interested. You know, it can be slow, but you got to keep me interested. And Out of the Furnace is pretty good too. Um, I haven't, those are the only three movies I've seen of his. And it seems like for the most part, He's a talented director, Scott Green, or Scott Cooper, but he hasn't made any movies that absolutely stand out to me. Um, but him doing a horror movie, I'm I'm down. You know, I'm let's let's make it happen. I I hope it's good. Um, it's got Jesse Plemons and Carrie Russell in there. Um, I'm I'm excited, but I don't really know what it's about. It doesn't really give much away. I haven't seen any trailers, so. I'm hyped. I think I think it should be good. You know, um, with that slower pace, I'm, that's that's what I kind of hope for in a horror movie because that usually means it's not just going to be a jump, bunch of jump scares. I want them to take their time a little bit. So there's that. The last night in Soho um, looks like it's coming out on Friday. That is a new horror movie give or take um just based on the trailer it didn't necessarily feel like a horror movie but almost kind of like a slasher movie kind of seemed like a thriller slash slasher movie um it's directed by edgar wright um very very talented director and not a genre specific director i know there's not a lot of genre specific directors but what i mean by that is he jumps around from so many different tones. He's done comedies. He's done... Uh, <coughs> I'll just name a few. He's done Scott Pilgrim. Uh, he did Shaun of the Dead. He did Hot Fuzz. He did Baby Driver. All very, very different movies. Um, but he, he did so well in all of them. And he is doing this. And so for Edgar Wright to be doing a horror movie... Very, very, very excited. Um, he's just got such a unique direction. Um, he just does a lot of very original things. He just is, he's a very talented director, so I'm very excited uh, for this movie. Um, it starts Anya Taylor Joy. Um, she's, she starred in The Witch. Um, oh, what else was she in? Split. She was the, the girl in Split. But yeah, it's it seems really cool. Um, the setting seems really cool, and just like the the plot seems really unique. I'll read the kind of the bio for the movie here. It says an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. However, the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far darker. The trailer doesn't seem to give away too much either. You you start out the trailer, you're like, oh, okay, this seems nice. And then it turns to something where you're like, oh, this looks like it's just going to go off the rails. 
but it looks exciting as hell. So I'm definitely excited about that. Again, I don't, I don't know too much about the movie other than it's Edgar Wright directing Anya Taylor Joy starring and it's a horror thriller movie. I'm, I'm down. Let's go. So I believe that comes out this weekend as well. <clears throat> so very excited about that. Um, Movies coming out soon, I guess as far as what I'm excited for, not this weekend, but next weekend. I'll probably touch on this a little bit next week too, but Eternals, the the next Marvel movie in the universe is coming out, and that's coming out on like the 4th, 4th or 5th, November 4th, I think. I'm excited to see that. Um, Star-studded cast again, decent amount of Game of Thrones actors in there, which I thought was funny, but... It looks cool. Um, I am not familiar with the Eternals characters in the Marvel comics at all, so I have no idea what to expect. And I've only seen the one trailer. Um, it it looks cool. Um, to me, it seems like it's definitely going to be a... I could see this being one of the slower and more world building kind of movies than all of the other ones um i mean clearly there's going to be action it's a marvel movie there's gonna be kind of the comedic relief but it seems to be almost kind of the next building block into phase four of marvel i think it's gonna it's gotta establish the the next phase you know and it the plot from what i understand and what is interesting is the big question was to this team was where were you guys when Thanos attacked? You know, if you guys are so powerful, if you guys are the Eternals and you're capable of, you know, defeating that type of power, where were you? Why did you just stand by and let it all happen? And this is kind of the explanation of that. You know, it's, explanation of the deviants um sentinels looks like we're getting the fucking sentinel in this um oh my god did i say that right um maybe i meant uh celestial i think i meant celestial yes not sentinel i think that's x-men um we're getting one of those in this movie. Um, so that's cool. Looks fucking crazy uh, in the in the trailer. Um, what I remember it from was Guardians of the Galaxy uh, when they're going to that planet of nowhere when it looks like it's in the celestial head. Um, like the planet is literally inside of a celestial's head. That is we're getting the full we're getting the full celestial the a living celestial so <clears throat> looks like a very grand scale movie um which is a little strange for the marvel universe so it'll be interesting to see how they tackle that um i'm excited i think it'll be good i could see this one not being a lot of people's favorites just because it's unfamiliar characters and it Unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think it's necessarily going for a bunch of the entertainment and like the fun loving of the characters. Like 
not a lot of people knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were before the movies, but the characters did such a good job of making you love them, just being hilarious and just doing what they do. But this seems like almost a more a more serious team of you know heroes. So I could see this one not drawing in as much fans. Um, but I think I think it'll be good. I'm excited. Um, like I said kind of with dune the the visuals look incredible it looks super super cool uh looks like it's going to have a decent amount of kind of like religious overtones um which should be should be interesting because we haven't really gotten that in a marvel movie yeah it just looks very grand scale looks epic the like epic and scale the world seems just huge everything just seems very large to scale in this movie so i'm excited and the last thing that i have on my list that i wanted to just kind of touch on was i actually just saw it today was the upcoming buzz lightyear movie i was really confused what the fuck we were as like a buzz lightyear movie i was like are we getting like an origin story you know what how do you do the story of you know a toy you know we got four toy story movies what <laughs> like what i don't know are they doing like a elseworld story of buzz lightyear and then i realized that it's not about the buzz lightyear toy it's actually the story of buzz lightyear the the actual character of buzz lightyear that you know inspired the toys to be made essentially you know he's like a, a famous astronaut and you know, he became kind of a celebrity, a very um, famous astronaut, and that's what they made toys of. So it's not Buzz Lightyear. I guess it's the story of the character of Buzz Lightyear, where the Buzz Lightyear that we all know was, you know, the toy. We got we got the toy of Buzz Lightyear, but there's, you know, a million Buzz Lightyear toys. But we're getting the story of the character that inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy that we that we all know and love. So I was actually shocked with how fucking awesome it looks. I'm very excited. Um, it's got that kind of classic, um, or I shouldn't say classic, the the nice Pixar animation that we kind of got in like Coco. Um, looks really nice. Um, visuals look fucking awesome. They didn't, there wasn't a lot of dialogue in the trailer. Um, it is not Tim Allen voicing Buzz Lightyear, which was a little sad, but I get it. You know, it's... Maybe he's busy, and I mean they're going a different route. <clears throat> but it, he's going to be voiced by Chris Evans, which again, it's it's not the story of the toy, so it doesn't necessarily have to be Tim Allen. I I understand them not being able to get the the voice just right. You know, if you're going for how it actually be in real life, you know, maybe you couldn't actually get the celebrity's voice. Maybe the toys came out after he passed away or something. You just gotta put a voice in there. So I don't know it. I think Chris Evans is a good, a good voice actor uh, or good actor. And I think he's got definitely a good enough voice to voice Buzz Lightyear. Um, it just looks really nice. I don't know. It seems really almost kind of like just the trailer made me just kind of feel like cozy and relaxed and kind of made me feel like a little kid again. It didn't look like it was just a movie to be a movie. Like, 
What I mean by that is not just like, hey, let's capitalize on Buzz Lightyear. It's like, seems like a really nice, intimate, emotional story of who Buzz Lightyear as a human was. I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I I love I love these type of movies. Like the the animation and those and just what they've been releasing with even within like the last ten years, just as far as their animated movies go, you know, Moana and Coco and Raya and the Last Dragon, you know, I've I've loved all of those and so I'm I know I missed a few, but I'm I'm stoked. I think it'll be really fun. It'll be kind of a cool nostalgic movie almost where you're like oh we're getting like the story of this guy this is really unique but also familiar i think that's that's the big thing is it's going to feel familiar but it's also going to be new you know it's not the it's not toy story it's not the story of the toy it's the story of a man an astronaut so i think it'll be cool i'm very interested to see how it plays out so go check that trailer out if you haven't watched it Again, they didn't really give much away. It just it looks fun. It looks like a very feel good movie, and I'm I'm all for that. So that is all I have on my list. Uh, I apologize for a few of the rants and rambling that started to kind of go on, but I wanted to talk about some of those things. So that's that's what we do here. So. Thank you all for listening and continuing to listen. Uh, if there's any movies that you guys think that I should definitely check out, please let me know. Um, appreciate all the support. And I guess until next week, I will start watching some more movies and see you on the next episode. Peace.